Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig. And today we have a special treat. We have uh, with us a special guest, Natalie Marie Collins. And we are going to talk about human design. And whenever I first heard about human design, um, Natalie is Kristen's best friend, um, my wife's best friend. And I've known Natalie as well for quite a number of years and her husband as well, Lee. And so when Kristen first told me about human design and that Natalie was involved in it, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I enjoy uh, kind of uh, data mining myself. And uh, just because I think it's fun and curious to see how things align, you know. So as I mentioned last week, you know, I've been through astrology charts and numerology charts and tarot readings and, you know, prophecies and, and all kinds of stuff, fill in the blank. And for me, they've all always kind of aligned pretty well. And so, and even like, um, you know, some of the personality profile tests that you can do in business and even handwriting. I mean, I've done it all. And so whenever I heard about human design, like I didn't get it at first and it just didn't make sense. And actually, uh, when my, uh, whatever you call it, I don't know if it's called a chart or whatever, but uh, whenever it was initially presented, I was like, that doesn't sound like me at all. Like, that's kind of weird. Um, but ultimately it turned out that they had the date wrong. And so once they changed the date to my correct birth date and the time of birth and all that kind of stuff, then it was like, oh, we're wrong. It's this. And as I started to learn about, um, my role in the grand scheme of human design as a reflector, all of a sudden I realized that it describes me perfectly. It's exactly who I am. And uh, it's it's very curious to me, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about it because I'm certainly not the expert. Um, I brought Natalie here today because she's been actively involved with this for I think over four years now. Natalie, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, and uh, so she has a much better uh, grasp of how it all works and why it works and what it means for us and how we interact with others and all of that kind of stuff. And since then we've uh, put all of our employees, we've pretty much done all of our employees, you know, my kids, uh, you name it. And, and it's interesting because like one of our employees who's still with us, Kristen had a lot, um, a bit of a time interacting with him in a way that uh, was productive until we ran his chart and started to realize that, oh, he needs to be presented with information in this particular way. And once we started doing that, everything changed. I mean, it was just really kind of cool to dial in, you know, something as simple as communication uh, and understanding how he worked best given, you know, the type of person that he was based on human design. So we've seen a lot of benefit from it over the last year or so. And this skeptic has certainly become a believer in um, the abilities of it projecting who we are and helping us understand who and why we do what we do, which I didn't think that was possible for me that anybody could figure out why the hell I do what I do. 
I don't understand why I do what I do half the time. And so anyway, um, I'd like to introduce uh, Natalie Marie Collins. And Nat, if you want to start off with just um, kind of explaining what human design is and how it works, I'll let you talk for a while. And any questions that come up, I'll, uh, in my mind, I'll uh, toss those in there. But if you could please do an introduction, I'd love that. Thanks. Yeah. Hey guys. So I'm really excited to be here. And so human design was something that got introduced to me in a little bit different of a way. I was working with a client and as she came on, um, we pulled my chart and she's like, oh, you're not here to work in the traditional way. And I was like, what, what do you mean? I'm not what? <laughs> it kind of blew my mind in the beginning. And so I started really diving into this information because something about that rang true, but I didn't know quite what it was. And so as I dove into human design, what I learned is that it's how we're designed to operate and interact with the world and with others. And the, the foundation of human design also shows us how we're designed to be different and how it, it is our unique differentiation that makes us who we are. And we all on some level know that we're different from everyone else and human design actually shows us that. So what exactly human design is, is it's, it's based in esoteric sciences and also um, modern day sciences. So there are things like astrology and the I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, um, the Kabbalah, and several other modalities combined with quantum physics. And bringing this all together um, really helps you to understand that um, we've we've all heard that like we're we're made of stardust. And what this actually shows us is that the stardust is actually neutrinos and you can look this up in um, in quantum physics neutrinos are actually a thing it's the energy around us um, they come hurling through space and as they do that they're passing through planets and they are gathering information as they come in the moment we are born they these neutrinos imprint us with our unique design of the cosmos and what we're here to do and who we're here to be in this world. And so human design also explains how energy, how these neutrinos and how energy around us is designed to move through us, what we have consistent access to and what we don't have consistent access to where we hook up with others. So if you've ever been around somebody who um, you just get a certain like really good vibe and you guys like hit it off really quickly and you look like click together. Well, if you were to pull each other's human design charts, you would actually see where you connect up within this grand scheme of things. So for those of you that have uh, human design is actually not a very well known thing, um, but there are a lot of people out there that know about it. So if you've pulled your human design chart, you um, can see what I'm talking about. But what ultimately it is also is if we go to the Hindu chakra system, there are seven chakras in the human body. And we take this and in 1781 is when we all got an upgrade in the human system. And this human system 
evolved from a seven-centered chakra being to a nine-centered chakra being. And that's what human design shows us is how these chakras work together. There are things called channels and gates that connect these chakra systems together, and it becomes how the energy moves through us. So there are 64 gates inside of the, the human design system. And each one of those 64 gates actually shows us how information and energy moves through us and makes us unique. And so the more that you dive into how they show up in your individual chart shows you who you are. So this becomes a really fascinating thing. We'll go down to the basics of once all of these gates are connected up it gives us our design and with our design we there's five different types inside of the human or inside of human design so there are manifestors generators manifesting generators projectors and reflectors which you heard that tony is a reflector reflectors you guys are actually really um it's really exciting to know Tony because reflectors are only 1% of the population. So the fact that you guys have him as your host and get to listen to him dive deep into all of this, like to me, it's really, really cool and fascinating stuff that, um, and special um, because reflectors are only 1% of the population. So with I'll go through each one of the types because if you pull your human design chart and I have it to where you can pull it on, you can request it on my personal site at nataliemariecollins.com. And what I do is I pull your chart and I'll give you a little five minute video overview of your chart um, in in an email back. Or if you want to just pull your chart, you can go somewhere like jovianarchive.com or humandesignamerica.com. There's lots of places where you can actually find um, software that will give it to you instantaneously, um, but they don't give you a five-minute video overview <laughs> of, your, um, of your chart. So with, with that, there are manifestors who are 9% of the population. There are generators and manifesting generators who are 70% of the population. And their projectors who are 20% of the population. And then we have our reflectors who are 1% of the population. So the mass majority of us are generators and manifesting generators. And what this means is that you have, if you're a generator or manifesting generator, you have life force energy to go and do and build the things that you love to do. And the more that you love to do your work, the more energy that you actually have access to and can build the community, the businesses, the resources, the things that make us thrive on this earth. And then we have our manifestors who push energy and ideas out into the world that help move things forward and initiate us into into new things and new ideas. And there's a creative process that happens with that, um, that allows the generators and manifesting generators to respond to that. And then the projectors, um, which is what, this is my type is a projector and I'll explain why the story I started out with became so profound to me. 
So as a projector, projectors are here to guide the energy types and making sure that they are using their energy correctly because there's so much of it when they're in their yes energy that sometimes it can be overwhelming and they don't know what to do with, them, with themselves. And so a lot of people get stuck on the hamster wheel and it can be a hamster wheel of thought. And so projectors are designed to come in and say, oh, I at like, have you tried this thing over here? And it can really steer them in the correct direction when it's when it's a correct invitation. Um, it really becomes something that is a really special interaction with the other person. Um, so with generators and manifesting generators, it puts them back on the right track with things and the projector feels successful. So as a projector myself, I was really in the mode of being a super slave for other people and really getting in and doing the work. And turns out as a projector, I don't have that life force energy within me as a consistent access. And so with that, I'm, I burn myself out really easily. And so when I was told that I'm not here to work in the traditional sense, I was like, oh, so how do I actually change how I'm working so that I am of the best benefit, not only to myself, but to other people, and I can live a life of success through me because I would try things. I would try um, marketing techniques. I would try building businesses in different ways. Like I would take the advice of people who knew that really you're just creating a job for yourself, which for a lot of people is amazing when you can create your own job that you love working at. But it wasn't correct for me and I didn't know why. And so this really started to explain, oh, I'm here to interact differently with people. And I literally wanted to cry um, because I felt it in my heart for so long, but I didn't know how to change it. And this started to give me words for, around it. And then the, the other piece to this is and really an important piece that I really want to iterate, iterate to you guys is that with human design, it also shows us uh, how we're designed to listen to our intuition and our inner authority. And what it's called our inner authority because we have our own internal guidance system inside of us. And most of us don't know how to act, access that or activate it. And because from a young age, most people have had this inner authority shut down. And so when it shut down, we revert to other people outside of us as our authority, like tell me what to do, tell me what direction to go in um, type of languaging to where you look for other people for to give you your own direction when it's actually inside of you. And human design showed me how that is unique for each person. And so I started using this in my coaching. I am a, um, I'm a business coach and I help people build their businesses. And once I learned, like, I'm not designed to build a huge giant business in the way that 70% of the population are. And not even those people are designed to build big, only some of them are designed to build big businesses. Um, some people are really happy doing um, the same thing every day. And so I really dove into understanding 
how those people are uniquely designed so that I could guide them correctly in building businesses that were correct for them so that they could thrive in the world as well and not get burnout from building something that, that they're not designed to do. And so this was, these were very profound shifts. And so this inner authority piece of it, um, once I was able to tap into that, because how my chart is designed and how my body is designed, I'm actually really open in those areas. And so I can actually help people get in there and and really feel out how they're designed to make decisions. And when I show them how they make decisions for themselves, it becomes incredibly empowering to them. And then they can move forward in the way that's correct for them. So this was a this has been a huge um, part of you know, diving into it for the past four years and realizing how incredibly unique and different we are and how honoring it is to us as individuals to be able to be guided, guided in the way that's correct for us. So, Tony, <laughs> I know when I first um, was introduced to human design, I pulled your chart and I totally had your your date wrong um it was your year that i had wrong and so it showed you as a projector and then kristen had pulled your chart on her end just to have it with her and she's like i have him as a reflector and i was like oh oh that makes a lot more sense why it didn't resonate with you that um, projectors work differently than reflectors and not a lot of people can understand tony <laughs> And how you work. And so Tony can't understand Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but so I mean it, it's it's like uh well the one thing that I thought was kind of funny in in that is how reflectors, if I remember correctly, reflectors are the only one of the five that um uh is influenced by the moon versus, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. the sun, I guess. And so uh, part of that is that there's a decision-making process. It takes 28 days to make up your mind or to make a, a big decision. Should take a full lunar cycle in order to do that. And and at first I thought, well, that ain't right because, you know, I'm not an indecisive person. I can make choices very, very quickly. Um, but then the more I thought about it, I realized that uh, on the surface, that's true. Uh, like if I'm in a situation, I can make a, a spur of the moment decision, you know, this or that, you know, whatever. Um, but when it comes to the really big things, I have to sit with it, you know, and part of sitting with it for me is, you know, I pace every night, um, sometimes in the morning, but mostly at night and just kind of ask questions and think and, you know, process through things. So, even that part of it just really made a lot of sense to me, you know, of, um, you know, being able to take like the energy in the room and reflect it back. I always just kind of thought years ago that, um, you know, if I was in a room with angry people, I would feel that anger. And I'm like, I, my, I didn't know that there was a specific reason for it. It was, for me, it was more just like, I need to get out of here. I need to be around different people, you know? And, uh, but now I understand better 
you know, why it's like that, because uh, I guess according to the charts, all of those centers are wide open. So everything can just kind of come and go as it pleases, I guess. Yeah, and that's the interesting part with you as a reflector is the 28-day moon cycle is your inner authority. And we just talked about inner authority and everyone's everyone's different. And I will go through each one of those for you guys. They, there are eight of them total. Um, but I think it'll be best to talk about type those five types first. Um, but with a reflector, your your type and with your strategy, so we're all designed to have a strategy on how we operate within this world and then using our inner authority to really make the decisions on if it's correct for us to or not to operate in that direction. And with you as a reflector, they're actually the same, um, which is interesting. You're the only one that has the same because as the moon cycles around the earth for 28 days it actually cycles around the human design chart um, and around your around your system so the moon works through each one of the 64 gates throughout the 28 day cycle and so each one of those each time the moon moves into a new gate you feel it in a different way and you're going to feel differently about the decision. You're going to feel it from a different perspective. Um, and that's, it's really important for you to talk things out, do your pacing, ask your questions and figure out how you feel about it. And at the end of the 28 day cycle, you will have gone through all 64 gates and you will have felt it from every which way possible. And then you'll know if it's a correct decision for you to make or not. Now, I will say that this is not related to like little tiny decisions like what to eat for dinner, you would starve. Um, these are bigger, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so these are bigger decisions. And, and when I say decisions, like they are relationships, they're business decisions, they're like where to live. And I know like in fast markets, if you were to move houses and try to buy a house, they, it doesn't actually, the world doesn't like you to wait. <laughs> so a lot of the decision-making can come beforehand in getting clear on what it is that you want. And then when you find what you want, you'll have already made the decision. So you can actually like tweak the process a little bit. And so kind of like pre-selling in a way, you know, whenever you pre-sell a product, the product isn't available yet, but you're putting the word out there early. So I'm kind of like pre-processing decisions. Yes. And so if you know that you um, want to make a big, I, I want to say investment, or you want to start a new company, or um, you want to move locations or, or something around that, it, there's a process for you that you really need to feel it out and work through it for that 28 days so that the moon has a chance to go throughout your entire system so you can feel it through that 28 days. That makes sense. And, and bounce it's it off other company. people. And talk new about company, it. though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of over that for right now. <laughs> yeah, and but here's the thing is that you're the only one that has to, like you're the only type in human design that has to do that. So those of you listening, you're like, oh no, I can't, I can't possibly do that. Only 1% of the population is designed to do it that way. Um, and it's because 
because the reflector is so open and sensitive, they're sensitive to the moon phases and need that time to work through that. But there's a lot of us that are not um, because we have defined centers in our chart or um, chakras. If you are into it that way, we can talk about them in chakras. Um, but they are called centers in human design. And so a defined center means that there's two or more connected together. Um, and it depends on how every single human design chart is different and unique. And they're so fascinating to look at and see how um, each individual is uniquely designed um, because it is how energy moves through you. So when you have a consistent, when you have consistent access to these centers, you are, you don't have to process through the through the moon cycles. Um, your strategy and your inner authority are going to be different. And so, with the strategy, there are. Let's. Uh, I went through the types with you already with manifester, generator, manifesting generator, projector, and reflector. And what human design teaches us is that these types are actually aura types. We've all heard of auras. Um, we are on Nerd Unscripted. And with, with the auras, they're designed differently. And so we don't just have a one-size-fits-all aura, even though if you have ever gotten your aura read um, by one of those um, graphics, um, like the picture-taking things, I've got I've gotten those done a couple times. Those are fun. Um, they'll show a big, you know, your aura around you. But what human design teaches us is like the manifester, the edge of their aura and their energy is actually pushing energy out. And they're here to make an impact and they're here to initiate things and do action. And when they do that, they affect all the people around them and so there, it becomes this ripple like snowball impactful energy around them and if the people around them don't know what's going on they're gonna freak out because everything's an upheaval or they they just don't know what's going on and so for the manifester it's really important for them to inform those around them that their energy and their ideas and their processes are going to affect those other people, they need to inform them that this energy is coming. And then the other person can really get into knowing if they're going to help and go with that forceful energy or if they can, or if they need to step out of the way. And so then it becomes more of a symbiotic relationship with, for the manifester because if someone's in their way and they're not able to create what they're here to create and go with the flow that they feel it like needs to happen, then they'll become really angry. And this is an emotional sign and each type has an emotional sign that something's off. I didn't, maybe they didn't do their strategy correctly. Maybe they didn't listen to themselves correctly. And so they become very angry and can be very explosive anger because they're not able to do what they're here to do. And so the more that they inform others that this, like this is happening, this is coming, it's not asking permission. It's not asking permission of the other person that, Hey, I have this idea. Um, is it okay that I bring this out into the world? Which, 
you know, from that perspective, that kind of sounds ridiculous to me anyways. And but it's like, no, this idea is coming. I'm letting you know that this idea is coming out and I'm going to be putting this out into the world. So if you don't want to be a part of it, please like move out of the way. And so that way the flow of ideas and stuff can come through and it can happen. And the, the manifestor will feel very peaceful through that process. So there's two emotional signs for the manifestor, which anger, which is when you're not operating correctly as a manifester, you will be angry. And when you are operating correctly as a manifester, you will feel at peace. And this is where manifestors want to get to. And this is where I like to help manifestors get to. So then we have generators and manifesting generators. And manifesting generator is a hybrid between the generator and the manifesting generator. So we'll get to them in a minute. So let's talk about the generator for a moment. So all generators, including manifesting generators, have the sacral center defined. So that is the life, that's the center that creates the powerful, strong life force energy to be able to build and grow and create and have families and, you know, do these this stuff that they're here to do for a lifetime. They're here to master what it is they're here to do and they're here to master what lights them up and what they've responded to as their yes so with generators they're here to respond and responding can come in two ways um, but it always comes from the sacral center first and it comes from that guttural uh-huh uh-uh and it feels like this is these are the people that can follow their gut and know that if it feels good in their gut, they go with it. If it does not feel good in their gut, or if they get an uh-uh, this is their no. And so it's, you know, for a lot of people, following their gut is correct for them. But there's a lot of people that aren't designed to follow their gut. <laughs> um, so with the the generator, generators here to master their craft and move from apprenticeship into the mastery and doing what they love throughout their lifetime. And so the aura of the generator, because they're here to respond, the edge of the generator aura is this warm, fuzzy aura is always bringing things to them. And so they're able to respond to things that are coming to them from their outer reality moment by moment. And when you get, if you're a generator or manifesting generator and you get into this flow, it is incredibly satisfying to follow it. But if you're not following it, your life can really have the theme of frustration at every turn. And so if you are feeling frustrated, that is your emotional signature that something's off that you're not in the right flow you're not responding correctly or maybe you didn't listen to that gut um, or your inner authority there's two inner authorities that generators and manifesting generators can have and i'll get into that so within that flow if you are following those signs and following that your inner authority correctly you will feel incredible very, very satisfied throughout your entire system. And that's your emotional sign that things are going correctly for you and you're doing things the way that you need to be doing them. 
But if you're not, you will feel that frustration. And I know a lot of generators and manifesting generators are very, very deeply frustrated um, because you haven't been taught how to follow that, that divine flow that's coming to you all the time. So it's, it, after I learned this, it's so, it's really painful for me to, um, to watch the frustration of a generator, manifesting generator, because once they learn and activate their inner authority, their entire life can change into a really cool symbiotic relationship that is fun and enjoyable and magical. And I just love seeing it when it switches. So with a manifesting generator, because they are the combo of a manifester and a generator, it's generator energy first. So when I say generator energy, they do have the sacral center defined. They have the same auric type as the generator with the outside of the aura being this um, fuzzy, enveloping, like big bear hug type of aura that's always bringing things to them. And then the other side of that is when they're in their correct yes and they're in their flow and they're following the cues of the universe, that they're going in the right direction, the manifesting piece comes into play where the initiation and the the impact comes into play because they they have such a powerful energy combined with that life force generator energy that it becomes an impact for other people around them when they are their motor is going and they are just doing their thing and so when after they've responded to their own individual yes of this is where i'm supposed to go this is what the universe is bringing me this is what feels good then they get into using the um, strategy of the manifester as a secondary part of informing people of, hey, I'm doing this big work um, and this impact is coming towards you as well. So they're like really the powerhouses of the human design system, like manifesting generators are here to build big things and do a lot of work. And in when they're in their flow. So here's the here's the trick for the generators and manifesting generators, because chances are um, it's 70% of the population. So there's probably a lot of generators and manifesting generators just listening to this. So generators and manifesting generators are are here to do the big work. They're here to have the foundation, and it's really Oh, it's so satisfying to everyone else around them when they're also doing their their work that they're here to do. It's just this almost a relaxed feeling um, that comes. And so when you as a generator or manifesting generator are following your correct strategy of of responding to what the universe has given you and then being able to put back uh-huh uh-uh it not only enriches your life but it enriches the lives of others around you and so it can feel really scary to step into to the difference that this can bring into your life because if you've been trained like most of us have to operate differently and to just do it um, generators and manifesting generators are not designed to just do it. That is for the manifestors. And because they don't need to ask permission, remember, 
but generators and manifesting generators need to have that response first. They need to have that thing come to them first to respond to it before they just do it. So if you have been trying to just do it and you run up against brick walls after brick wall and it's frustrating and you just can't get anywhere with what it is that you're doing, um, think about it from this other perspective of have you responded correctly to what's coming to you? Because when you do, everything starts clicking into place and everyone can start getting into the flow. So you're doing not only yourself the biggest favor ever <laughs> by following the correct strategy for yourself, but again, you are allowing the other people to really sink into and allow them to be who they are as well. So, so I have a couple questions, um, yeah. Natalie. Um, William asked, Based on our internal authority or guidance system, would it be accurate to say that we each have a core life strategy? Hmm. I I would say yes. Um, I haven't asked have been asked that question before, so that's a great question, William. Um, so the core life strategy it will be based on your type. Um, so getting your human design chart pulled will determine for manifestors it's um, informing. And so it's informing those around them that there's an impact. Um, generators and manifesting generators, it's responding, responding yes and no. And um, for projectors, and this is the type that I am, um, we're here to wait for the invitation. So if any of you find out that you're a projector, the aura of the projector is, it looks normal if you look at it from head on, um, like the egg shape around us but if you turn it to the side there is a cone shape that comes out of the center of the auric system and it's designed to penetrate through other people's auras and into their heart of hearts and they're designed to see and feel who that person really truly is and to be able to guide them correctly so that they live their full life in their unique way. So if you think about it, generators and manifesting generators have a fuzzy aura that's always bringing things to them. And then the projector is designed to penetrate through that. So when it feel, when it's correct, it is a incredibly symbiotic relationship where the projector can guide the generator and manifesting generator to doing the work that they love. And on the flip side, projectors don't have the life force energy to do the work from a sustainable long-term perspective. And so they're here to be guides for the other person. They're here to know the other person. They're here to be wise about how energy is used. And when it's in a correct relationship, it feels incredibly satisfying to the generator to be guided correctly. And the projector feels successful on the other side um, to, uh, that they are able to guide the other person correctly. So with a projector, that invitation is crucial. And when I first heard this, I was like, what do you mean I need to be invited? I just do things. <laughs> so um, obviously I've been conditioned incorrectly in this world. And so I started playing with the experiment of um, of waiting for the invitation. And I'll tell you, everything changed after I did that because 
what I realized from that is when the invitation is correct, that's when it feels amazing. But if the invitation is not correct, it actually feels very prickly and uncomfortable to the other person because they don't want to be seen or they don't want to be seen by that particular projector or even me as a projector. And I need to honor that. And so that can be something for projectors can be really painful because projectors are over here going, pick me, pick me. Um, I see what it is that I like I can be helpful and show you exactly how to get out of your frustration and your situation and turn it in for the better. But if the person's not ready to make that shift, they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear it like that's just straight up. And so that becomes a core life strategy for the projector is to wait to be invited to share their wisdom. And when they do, that's when they become successful. But if they don't. That's when the emotional signature for the projector comes into play of bitterness. And I will tell you, bitterness is not fun to have. I've had it. Um, I had it for many, many, many years. And I will tell you that nobody wants to be a bit around a bitter projector. So if you know someone who's really bitter, it's like having a bitter taste in your mouth. And so it does nobody any favors. So if you feel a lot of bitterness in your system, just know that um, that is your invitation to start changing that around so that others can feel um not only you can feel amazing in yourself um but that others actually feel amazing being around you and again like with the generator and manifesting generator when the projector is acting and operating correctly it then gives the other person permission to operate correctly as well so it becomes this ripple effect you guys that um becomes amazing when we follow our core life strategy. Well, and I've seen that play out as well because Kristen is a projector and and it's been very curious to me. Just, I mean, it's easy to look at somebody else and think, wow, we think really differently about things. But um, whenever you put it in the context of human design, it actually makes a lot more sense. Like she can have ideas all day long of something that actually makes a lot of sense, but she's not programmed to just go out there and do it. But, you know, somebody says, hey, could you help me with this? Boom, she's on it. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and it's that invitation thing. And I remember when she first, I think you're, I'm sure you're the one who explained that to her and she just kind of latched onto it because it really does describe how she works and how she thinks. And I've also seen the flip side of it, like you were talking about, um, the bitterness part, you know, whenever something comes together and it's working really well and then it's snatched away, you know, uh, and, you know, she can go from zero to bitter like nobody's business. I mean, we're talking <laughs> land speed records. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I, know, I know you have. And so it's just that's what's fascinating to me. I mean, I, I'm certainly very novice in all of this, but just even the little bits and pieces that I've seen, um, you know, with Kristen, with my son-in-law, Charles, um, my daughter, Ashley, and knowing what their various uh, roles are, it's, it's kind of like I, something I always say is, um, you can't find what you don't know to look for. And, and as soon as you, um, 
know what to look for and you're paying attention to that, then it's like, well, holy cow. I mean, that's, it just makes perfect sense why they're acting a certain way, why they're doing a certain, why they're not engaging when you think they should, or they are engaging when you think they shouldn't or whatever. And it's been, I don't know, it's been really fascinating to me to see that. Uh, William has a couple other questions too, Nat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, first is, uh, what commonly used words have been used to label or name our two inner authorities? Okay, okay, William. So the two inner authorities that I've been talking about, there's actually eight total, but for generators and manifesting generators, since that is the majority of the population, I'll talk about those two first, because there are two inner authorities that generators and manifesting generators can have, and that is emotional authority, which actually 50% of the population has, um, regardless of your type, unless you're a reflector and then it, you don't have it. Um, but all the other types can have emotional authority. And what emotional authority means is that when something comes to you as a generator or manifesting generator, or even a manifester and projector, and it's really important for you to feel it out emotionally. It's These are the people that are designed to sleep on it. They need to process through their decision um, because what's gonna happen is they're gonna go through an up and down wave. And that up and down is gonna be like really super good, like feeling really good about it, really excited, like high. And then the next day they may wake up and feel like really depressed about it or unsure and just not knowing. And But there's a low with the emotions around it. And so what you're really looking for is that it, whether you're high or low on your emotional wave with it, what will happen is your emotional wave will eventually even out and come to a middle like the middle ground again and so allowing yourself to go through the up and down wave depending on it's going to depend on what it is there's no logical rhyme or reason to when the emotional authority is going to be done emotionally doing its thing and so with emotional authority it's really important for those people to ride out their wave to sleep on it to mull over it to feel it out and my husband has this as his inner authority and he's really um since i got involved with it i really encourage him to wait out that emotional wave and so he really has and he'll be going through something and if it's a small decision it'll move quickly through his system sometimes it takes a couple hours um, sometimes it's overnight um, but there's other bigger decisions where it can take months to process through something and i'll give you a, a fun little story we were he had sold a vehicle and he knew that he didn't want that vehicle anymore but he didn't know what his next vehicle was going to be and so he had his motorcycle and he just rode his motorcycle around until or i drove him around whatever one until he made the decision about what his next car was going to be and i will tell you it took him five months to figure it out <laughs> but once he was clear about it it was he was clear and it was solid and he knew exactly what he wanted and that's when the magic really happened because he had gone to the car dealership he had test drove several different cars decided on the kind of car he wanted 
decided on the, he wanted a leather interior, he wanted a particular year or newer, he wanted it used. Um, there were like very particular things that he wanted and they didn't have that particular car on the lot. But you know what showed up the next day? That particular car. So that's when we went down and got it. And so that things can move really quickly when you're clear and you're yes and you allow yourself to take the time if you have emotional authority to ride that up and down wave and let the clarity come to you because when it does it will move mountains with that and so the second inner authority is sacral where both the generator and manifesting generator have this first and and you're either going to have sacral or emotional authority. And but sacral comes first. And I don't want to confuse you guys, but I just want you to know that it comes first because it's that's how you're designed to respond of uh-huh and uh-uh. It's a guttural noise and it's this these guttural sounds that come through. And it'll also you can tap into does it feel yummy in your sacral system? Does it feel good in your gut? So that is a common label. Um, for you. So emotions and your gut response to things. And so the gut response or the sacral center is very in the moment. It is something coming to you. Uh-huh, that's for me or uh-uh, that's not for me. And so the when I say that they it goes together with the emotional authority, um, those things will come to you first of uh-huh, uh-uh. And then people with emotional authority need to ride out their wave of and get clarity throughout that. Um, but those with sacral authority don't need to ride out the wave because they don't have the um, the emotional center defined. And so it does is not their authority. So I hope that makes sense to you, William, with uh, more common words that are used with that. Um, and then the other authorities, I'll run through them quickly because they are the lesser of the authorities. Um, there's splenic authorities, which is manifestors and projectors have splenic authority, which is very much also an in the moment, um, like the sacral, but also very different from the sacral. It is very much a, um, it, it is an in the moment decision, but it's also, you only get it once and you better listen to it. Those are the people that are really designed to be in the now. And there's ego manifested and ego projected, which is the, it comes from the will center, the ego center. Um, and it, ego manifested is for manifestors and ego projected is just for projectors. Um, Self-projected is for projectors where they need to talk through their heart center, um, their heart of hearts. They need to speak their truth. And by speaking their truth, they'll be able to hear their truth and they hear it within their voice. Um, outer authority or mental authority is, it sounds, the words itself say outer, but it's really, they need a sounding board. So it's a sounding board authority where they need to bounce the ideas off of people. Like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And this is, and that's actually what Kristen has. Um, so Tony and Kristen get to bounce ideas off each other all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and so Kristen needs kind of an audience to bounce things off of, um, but she doesn't really need much feedback she just needs to work it out for herself and have an audience watch her work it out and then she'll know her truth and her in her body when it's correct and then the last one is the lunar cycle which we've already talked about 
Uh, he has another question. I have two more questions for right now. Um, one, uh, the next one from William is, has any research been done using human design with a population diagnosed with clinical level mental illness? You know, I have heard that there has been research done. I have not dove into that side of it yet, um, but there are a lot of there have been a lot of curious people that have asked these questions, and I know that there have been years and years of science um, done to research to back up the claims of human design, and it's all been proven true. So um, there are different areas in the human design chart that can be markers for mental illnesses or different kind of illnesses that pop up into the body. I particularly don't know what they are, um, but I know that there are there's stuff out there. I just haven't dove into it on that end. Cool. Um, Lisa asks, uh, where does the gut feeling fit in? Mm, that's a really good question, Lisa. So with the gut feeling, if you are a generator or a manifesting generator, this is where you will have consistent access to that gut feeling. If you are a manifester, projector, or reflector, you will not have consistent access to that gut feeling. It doesn't mean that you won't ever have it. It just means that it's not consistent and it's not reliable for you. So the, the gut feeling for generators and manifesting generators is, is really like, what feels yummy to you in response to what's coming to you? Um, and it can be as simple as what's for dinner. Um, what do you, so here, here's the funny question is how many of you have came home from work or you've had your spouse come home from work and they say, Hey honey, what's for dinner? Um, to me, and to most people, I find that to be the most irritating, maddening question ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't like, what do you want? I don't know what's for dinner <laughs> unless it's already cooking on the stove and I've already made the decision with it. Um, so that has put me into um, almost fits of rage sometimes, or I just have to like hold it together <laughs> because it's so annoying. Um, however, once I learned how generators and manifesting generators, who are most of the people that surround me, are designed to operate, um, I know that if I just if I just start making dinner, or if I have a, an idea of where I want to go out to dinner, or um, what I want to eat, I'll have that in mind first, so that when the other person says, "Hey, what's for dinner?" I can then turn around and say hey, how does pizza sound? Do you feel like pizza? And then they can respond with, uh-huh, uh-uh. Does that feel good in their gut or not? Like, is that what their stomach, in a sense, wants? But it's this gut reaction of like, oh, yeah, pizza sounds amazing. Or no, no, not pizza. Um, but it it comes from the body. And like, it, it's kind of like your, your stomach's like, mm-hmm, yummy, yummy, yummy. That sounds really good or no that like it's almost a um a churning of the gut of like eh, no no that doesn't feel good at all so um lisa i hope that answered your question of how it fits in in a practical story um 
I hope that answers your question. <laughs> So um, from a, uh, a practical everyday build our business, like let's say somebody goes to one of the sites or to your website um, and gets a chart done so that they can find out what they are because, you know, it's likely that most of the folks here today don't know. And so they right. go, is it NatalieMarieCollins.com? Is that what you yep. said? Yep. Okay. So Natalie Marie, I'll put that in the chat. Um, okay. So they, they go to your site and they find out, oh, guess what? I'm a manifesting generator. Hooray. What the hell does that mean now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because so first of all, it's a bit of an education process, I, I think. But then chances are likely that all of us, regardless of which of the five it, we discover that we are, there's going to be things that are out of alignment. And right. um, and so to make those tweaks and adjustments to, like I'm a big, uh, I'm a really big fan of being in alignment, being in the flow. I've taught on it, talked about it many, many times, and I've been obsessed with it for years, that power flows through alignment. And so it really does explain why a lot of times we're feeling anger or frustration or disappointment or whatever, it's because we're out of alignment, but in many cases, especially with what we've been talking about this morning, we don't even know how we're out of alignment. And so I think to me, uh, this is a great step in highlighting, we need to adjust this, we need to adjust that, but what would be a good second step uh, that people can take? First step being identifying that, oh, I'm this. Okay. Like I'm a so, manifester or whatever. Yeah. With a manifester, um, we'll talk about manifestors first. So a lot of times for a manifester, their power has been shut down since they were a kid because their power is so incredibly powerful that the adults around them could be parents, it could be caretakers, um, grandparents, whoever it was that they're around most likely did not know how to handle this powerful energy coming from this little tiny being. And so it gets shut down and which in a sense is very sad, but also it becomes part of our learning process and unwinding all of that. And so for a manifester, it can feel really scary to tap into that flow because really powerful things come from them. And when I talk to my manifestors, about this they they get scared to just inform people that this is what's happening this is what's doing and so a lot of times it is an education process for them to understand that when when they follow their strategy of informing it actually relaxes the other people around them because the other people now know what's coming down the pipeline and they aren't tensed up from not knowing and and having this anxiety pushed upon them when they feel that this is coming and they don't and but they don't know what it is and so um, it helps to relax the people around them so in using that from a business perspective you know think about if if a manifestor is coming through and they have this big powerful program that they want to 
help initiate others into and um, really move mountains in their own way by facilitating this space for people to to show up in a different way or uh, learn a different process so that their life can change in this other way it actually does the other people a disservice if they say um hey would you like to come join my um, product um, and for them to be a little more passive about it um, because a lot of people who are manifestors kind of feel that way like they feel really uncertain but when a manifestor steps into their power and says hey I have this program that's coming up. This is how it's going to change your life. And this is what we're going to learn. And I would like you to be a part of this. And it's not asking permission. It's them informing that this is what I'm doing. And I'd like you to be a part of it. That other person, if say they're a generator, can then say, uh-huh, that feels really good in my gut. I want that or uh-uh, that's not for me. And that is their choice. And so from a practical perspective, that's one way you can use it in your copy for presenting what it is that you know that you're here to share with the world. Now, generators and manifesting generators are designed to respond. And so they can write copy in a way that helps other people respond as well. So their headlines can be more of a question. Um, like, hey, are you tired of feeling frustrated? Would you like to change that around in your life? Would you like to learn this particular skill? Um, would you like to learn how to do things differently in a unique way and, and have fun doing it? That that yes and no questioning can then feels really good coming from the generator or manifesting generator and they can then allow other people to respond to them in in the way that's correct for them to bring people in and so if you look at different sales pages and stuff these headlines it's correct for the manifester to make these bold statements in the beginning um, it's correct for the generators to ask questions in their headlines um, for a projector. Projectors are here to be invited and they can also invite others. So when they're putting together their content and their sales pages, it's really great for them to actually put together something as an invitation. Like, hey, I have this program that's coming up and I'd really like for you to be a part of it. Would you like to change things around? Here's an invitation for you to do that. And that can feel really good to the other person to be invited in that way. So um, I hope that that answered your question in a more practical way, Tony. Yeah, yeah. And I've actually experimented with that um, in my own uh, email sales copy. Like mm -hmm. my, my sales page sales copy, I try to take the perspective that would appeal to the most people. But with email copy, just using that as the example, I've actually tested a number of different styles of emails depending on how certain people would respond a certain way. So like one email, you know, may be informative or ask questions. Another email might actually have, um, I'm kind of giving away secrets here, but most of you are longtime customers. Um, another email might say, here's what to do next. Step one, blah, blah, blah. Step two, blah, blah, blah. And I know that 
certain groups of people are going to respond to that differently than others, mm-hmm. you know, or others are like, you know, what are you doing? You know, why are you telling me what to do? I'll decide to do it if I want to. And then the other, um, the other thing that I'll often do in emails is give an invitation. You are invited to, you know, or something like that, um, just to see how people respond and then track clicks and those kinds of things. And it's kind of fascinating to me to see how that plays out accordingly. Yeah, you can start to get a sense of who your audience is. Um, And for you, Tony, here's the thing. I didn't cover reflectors and I kind of did it on purpose (laughs) because reflectors for you, Tony, once you've made your decision and gone through your 28 day cycle, you don't need to do any of the stuff that I just explained strategy wise as you don't need to inform, you don't need to ask permit or you don't need to ask about it. Um, you don't need to invite, but you can if you so choose and you're very free to do whatever you want afterwards, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and to that end, is it safe to say in some respects that we're essentially like chameleons? Yes that we can adapt and change to whatever scenario we're in, but from a perspective of reflecting the energy of the environment that we're in. Yep, exactly. Um, Because that's what reflectors are here to do. So as a reflector, Tony, you will feel surprise and delight when the other people around you and your community, because reflectors are here to bounce the community energy back to themselves, like reflect it back to them. Uh, you'll also feel it inside of you. And if if the reflectors and if you have a reflector in the room and there's, um, you know, a room of however many people, um, a group community, big or small, the reflector is going to reflect back the emotional wellness of the room. So if there's a bunch of angry people in the room, the reflectors are just going to be gripey and pissy and they're not going to know why. And, but if everybody is really happy and like truly happy at the core, the reflector will be happy. That's actually kind of cool because then that means that if I'm being an asshole, I can blame other people. (laughs) In a sense. (laughs) Um, so like, wow, what a jerk. It's like, yeah, but it's really, help it, you know? look in the mirror. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> right. But also like <laughs> what is happening at the core of the other person? And right. so there's a lot of wisdom that can come from the reflector in knowing how people actually truly feel at their core because the reflector feels it in the air. And their aura is sampling the energy around them and reflecting back in their own emotions how they're a mirror for the group. So I've I've seen that play out, actually. mm, So when when the group is happy and they're in like they're they're actually in their potential and they're doing their potential and because reflectors are also here to help. Um, with the potential of others, it's they become surprised and delighted to see people stepping into their potential, and it feels really good. And they'll mm-hmm. reflect that back to you. Um, but if 
if the person's not living up to their potential, if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, if they're not living their strategy and authority, something's going to be off. And the reflector is going to reflect that back in disappointment. Yeah. And they're going to be disappointed with the community that they're not living up to their potential. And so that's the emotional signatures of the reflector of, oh, wait, I'm disappointed. What's happening around me? Right. Why aren't people stepping it up? Or am I am am I in the right environment for me? So that's um, a couple questions slash comments here. Um, uh, this is from William. Natalie's website asks for birth information. What's needed besides date and time? Location mm. too, right? Yep, location. Great question, William. So it's based on your location, um, date and time. I think that's it. That's it. That's what I thought, just those. Um, Kathleen asks, would you say that reflectors are empaths? So I would say absolutely. Um, and you can ask Tony <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, ab absolutely. From my yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that observation for sure. Mm -hmm. So Lisa, I love your question. Tony, do you want to? say what Lisa's question is. Yeah, basically along the same line, would you address reflector versus empath? Yeah, so that's a great question, Lisa. So here's the thing is that we are all empathic in our own unique way. And when you look at your design, you can actually see how you're empathic. Tony is like, because he's so open in his chart, he's able to sense things in a completely different way through all of the centers and where we're here to be empathic shows up in our chart through the open centers um, so if you have your human design chart there are going to be areas that are colored in um, brown yellow red and i think there's a green one and so those are areas that are defined and those are because you have consistent energy to that center that is for you that is your energy that you have consistent access to but any center that you have as white or open that is where you actually are able to sense the energy of other people you if someone else has that center defined and you have it open you bring in that energy through your aura and you amplify it out and so and it's like tenfold sometimes. So a lot of empathic energy comes through that sense of really knowing what's happening in that because you're amplifying it out where the other person is just feeling it, um, but they may not know how to move through it. And so the empathic um, is really able to connect deeper down on that level because they are feeling it in a different way because the the open centers are actually where you're here to be wise about how that particular energy is used. And so the empath part of it is able, you're sensing what's off and what needs to change in order for them to be in their flow, which becomes very empathic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense uh, for me too. I I can point to dozens and dozens of examples of where I've seen that play out in one form or another. Yeah, yeah, I find it really um, fascinating as well. I'm 
very open and like all four centers at the bottom of the chart I'm open with. So I have empath um, abilities or senses, I guess, um, from those perspectives, um, like the sacral center, I'm open, the emotional center, I'm open, the splenic center and the root center, I'm open. And all of these are, um, in a sense, pressure centers and also intuitive centers, like the splenic centers where your intuition comes from. And when you're open, that is your intuition is for other people. When it's defined, the intuition's for yourself. Like you just know that you know, and it's for you. And um, for the intuition for others, it's not necessarily for you. It is for the other person. And so we um, create a symbiotic relationship with other people through our defineness and our openness. It would be curious to see how this plays into like um, psychic phenomenon and telekinesis and, you know, some of those energetic based kinds of things. Because I know like for me, Kristen gets a kick out of it whenever I do this. But um, like for me, I'll give you a good example. The other day uh, we were at Walmart, I think, and uh, there's this video game series that I really like. I suck at video games and I don't play it, but it's called Cuphead. And the thing that I like about Cuphead is that it's designed, the characters and the look and everything is designed after very early animation. And I just like that style. And so there's these mystery boxes that have characters in them that you put together kind of like Legos, but a little bit more detailed. Mm. And uh, so I've gotten a couple of them and, uh, so we, I was showing them the Kristen the other day, and I said, here's those Cuphead figures that I was telling you about. And she picked up the box, and she's looking at them, and she's like, oh, they have a robot. Do you have a robot yet? And I'm like, no. And so there's six boxes left in the display, and there's 26 different characters, one of which is a robot. And she's like, well, you should get the robot. And... Um, and I'm like, well, I mean, there's only six boxes. She's like, well, I know you. If there's a robot there, you'll you'll figure it out. And so <laughs> she's like, go ahead, try. She's always trying to make me wrong, like pick the wrong thing. And so I looked over at the boxes and I said this one. And I reached in and grabbed the back left corner box, picked it up. We took it home. And uh, she's like, I got to see which one you got. So we, you know, we get home. Um, I rip open the box, I pull out the bag, and of course it's the robot. And she's like, I will never understand how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like once or twice hit or miss. I'm probably 95%, not 100%, but I would say a solid 95%. I can just do it. And the only time where I get it wrong is usually when that particular, like in that case, like if the figure wouldn't be in there, I wouldn't have a clear guidance. Um, otherwise, it it looks random, but I just know, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of scenarios where I've seen that play out um, from praying for people to picking out random toys to um, being in coaching situations and just have something pop out of my mouth that, you know, they never told anyone before, and how do you know that, you know, kind of scenario. 
um, or walking down through the mall and you see somebody and you instantly you're like uh, something is wrong here <laughs> you know so there's something seriously wrong with this person um, and so it's just been kind of fascinating and oh the other one is uh, calling cards you know where you take a deck of cards somebody holds it up and you call which you know what whether it's a ace of spades or queen of hearts or whatever I used to be at about 90 95% on those two I haven't tried it recently but you know like friend of mine in the other room holds up a card you know ace of spades holds up another card seven of clubs holds up another card you know whatever uh, and I don't know if that has any direct relationship with human design stuff but you know it's been a part of my life so I would venture to guess that it has to in some form or another yeah, that would be a really interesting um, study to dive into with things because there are aspects of the human design chart that just show that you know that you know and you just know it and there's no explanation for it. And there are different areas of the body graph, uh, which is what the chart is called, is um, they're just things that pop up. And so uh, let's talk about telekinesis for a minute because um, this will be a fun one. Sure. So in the human design chart, there is a, a gate, uh, the gate 57. And this one is called, <clears throat> excuse me, the gate of intuitive clarity. And I call this one the internal bullshit detector. And <laughs> <laughs> you have this defined in your chart um, in a, in your conscious earth so it's actually a very grounding energy for you um mm -hmm. it is i also have it in both conscious and subconscious part of my design and kristen also has it in conscious and subconscious part of my design or her design so the fun study of the gate 57 is that this is a an internal vibration that people feel and they can feel the truth in things or if there's not truth in it and it's a it's a vibrational sense and so that's why i call it the internal bullshit detector because if someone is talking you can actually if if this is defined in your chart it's almost this intuitive superpower that you have to know if they're full of it or not or if they're telling the truth right. and and so that becomes really fun to see that play out so in a sense it is a form of telekinesis um because it is an audit it's a is that right telekinesis well telekinesis is what uh you're talking about telepathy um oh, telekinesis okay. is whenever you move stuff oh gotcha well i got yeah. that one wrong um but telekinetics kinetics um so there's a vibrational sense that happens inside of the person because of the definition that they can feel the truth or not. Um, so that becomes really fun. I don't know about moving things yet. I haven't explored that part. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on that one myself um, because like I've never really had much, much success in moving objects. I've had dreams where I've done it, but not in reality. The only thing that's really played out for me um, and I don't even know if this would qualify for for telekinesis, but 
I've always had this ability to like knock out lights just by pointing at them, like um, telephone, like street lights, you know, yeah. um, knocking them out or even sometimes just driving under them and they'll automatically go out. And uh, I remember when Kristen and I first started dating, which was five years ago this week, actually, um, when we uh, were dating, uh, we're, you know, you're just kind of feeling each other out. And, you know, trying to let her know in the most subtle way possible that I really am a weirdo. And um, <laughs> I said, I have this thing that I can do. And she's like, what's that? And I said, I can knock out light uh, light posts sometimes just by pointing at them. And she's like, do it. I want to see it. And I, I said, OK, well, let's let's find one. You know, let's find a light pole. And so it was nighttime and I saw this one and I just pointed at it and boom, it went out just like that. Wow. And she's like, do it again, do it again. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so she doesn't think I'm weird, but this is something that, I don't know, I've been able to do for a long time. Um, I see it as like a way, I don't know, like if it's focusing energy that does it or if it's extracting energy that does it. Like if I'm, putting out energy or taking in like i don't know which one it is i just know that it works most of the time it'll work that uh, would be Carolyn's... really interesting to see if you actually and i don't know if you've done this but to slow down the process when you're actually standing by the light post and mm -hmm. seeing if you can sense the buildup of energy yeah that's that's a good idea I, I remember like not everyone that I've demonstrated that to has accepted it as cool. Um, it's freaked a few people out. And um, like, I remember this one time I didn't even have to point it just like drive under, you know, park underneath a light and it goes out. Um, and I've also had it where it's happened progressively that way. And then you stop and the lights stop going out and then you start again and the lights start going out again. And I remember one person in particular up in New York, it just freaked them out. Like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. It just, it's one of those things. I mean, it just happens, you know, <laughs> and they just didn't know how to process it. You know, it was like paranormal, but to me, it's like regular normal. Um, but anyway, it'd be interesting to see if I, I have to, like, one of the things that I want to do is dig deeper into all of the connections and the gates that are in the charts just to see if there are specific ones that may hint at that somehow. I don't know. Mm, yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know. I don't have the answer for that one. Um, yeah. But it is, it could also be, I love Lisa's question. She wants to know, can you put the light back on? So, I've never... I've never done that, actually. I've never been able to put it back on. It just goes out. Because normally they eventually come back on. So it's not like I'm blowing the bulb. Mm. It's kind of, so that actually, that kind of would lean to the fact of maybe an energy surge so that it pops the breaker, so to speak, for a minute. Um, but normally, like especially with light posts, you know, whenever they go out, it takes about 10 or 15 minutes for them to cycle back on again. That's basically what I said. Now, when I was a kid, I would just, we would run around the neighborhood and kick them out. You know, if you kick a light pole hard enough, it'll go out. 
Um, and then I guess I graduated up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I just do it with my mind now. <laughs> exactly. But I've read of people who can like set um, like sheets of paper on fire with their thoughts, which is kind of something similar. I think I've never really tried that. It, I like playing with fire, but that seems dangerous. Um, <laughs> it's like, whoops, I didn't mean that to go on fire, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carolyn says telenosis is to know things at a distance. So interesting. Thanks, uh, Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa says, so you're a sucker. You suck. Um, <laughs> yes, in that context, I would say that's true. And other places that my mind would go with that will just leave where it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So here's some interesting food for thought for you, Tony, is I'm looking because I have your human design chart um, and I'm looking at it as we talk through things. I love doing that um, with people because I can see where the flow of energy happens and where things are coming from. And one of the cool things I think um, you guys listening will enjoy hearing about is. You know, I talked about the neutrinos in the very beginning and how they pass through the planets and they bring with them the information of the particular planets and they um, create the signature of you. So with that, you have conscious and unconscious side of your design. And so it's design and personality is really what it is. And personality is stuff that you're consciously aware of and unconscious is stuff that you are obviously unconscious aware uh, unconsciously aware of but it's so much a part of you that other people around you will be like of course that's tony um you know and you're like what i had no idea <laughs> because it's just an unconscious part of you um but each planet and um, area so there it goes through the sun the moon the earth uh, the north and south nodes all the way down to Pluto um, as astrology does. And so each one of your, your gates are activated through a particular channel or area. And one of the cool things that I'm looking at with your design is the, the planet Mercury is all about communication and what, what is correct for you to be communicating out into the world and how people are really going to hear you. And so Tony, for you, you have the gate 17 in your conscious Mercury and gate 17 is all about opinions. Like you are here to communicate your opinions. And that is a conscious awareness that you can very easily be aware of with this in knowing that people will listen to you and will appreciate you saying your opinion in, when you start expressing it correctly. So this whole podcast is a lot of the stuff is like really cool information and also your opinion. And so it becomes really fascinating to listen to um, because right. you're communicating correctly for yourself. The unconscious side of this is the gate 41. The gate 41 is all about fantasy and this the fantasy part isn't necessary it can be um really pie in the sky type of things but it's really the ability to 
see the bigger picture and dream what the bigger picture is. And so for you, you're here to dream the bigger picture and then communicate what that bigger picture is and also through your opinions. Right. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I remember years and years ago, um, somebody accused me of being a dreamer, that my head was always in the clouds. And they meant it as an insult. Um, and I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, what's your point? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's totally <laughs> who I am. And and so I didn't see how that was a negative at all, even though they meant it that way. And it was funny because it was a guy at a job, um, the printing company that I managed, when I first started there, I was just a regular employee and he actually was the one who trained me. And um, whenever I was married to my first wife, he was the best man at uh, our wedding. And he was the one who said that. He actually said it to my ex-wife. And she always saw that as a positive as well. So it didn't make sense to her. Well, this dreamer who has his head in the sky ultimately became the general manager, his boss, even though he was there longer. And I had the opportunity to fire his ass because <laughs> he didn't do his job well. So... <laughs> I guess it pays off to be a dreamer with opinions, but, um, you know, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I thought that was kind of an interesting experience, but I've always been that in fantasy. It's interesting that that word is used because that is an obsessive part of who I am, you know, um, just, I, I mean, I see the practical side of it all, of course, but, it's tapping into that and saying it with authority, which really is opinion that um, can actually provide for some very interesting entertainment, but also uh, like from a writing perspective, it can really come in handy, you know, um, yep. depending on the genres that you're writing in, which of course my favorite is fantasy. And so um, it was cool to, to hear that as well, just from that perspective. Cool. Yeah, I love um, the here's the thing with the fantasy is that all things that come into our physical reality are really start as an idea. And the gate of fantasy, this gate 41, is what is the very beginning stages of bringing things into reality. It needs to be dreamed up first. And so it's this ability to be able to dream up of what wants to come in and become physical in our reality. Yeah, kind of tuning in, tuning into <laughs> the radio broadcast. Yep. Well, this has been really good. We've been an hour and a half. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> but I love talking about this stuff. It's just fascinating to me. Um, I feel bad for, for folks who like don't want to know who they really are. You know, and so it's one one of the reasons why I appreciate everybody who who joins me here every week. A, they put up with those opinions that I put out there, but B, um, I've found that the engagement and interaction and questions and comments have been every bit as much beneficial to me as anyone else. I mean, my my library is certainly a lot larger now 
because of all the great books that different ones have suggested. I just, as soon as they suggest something, I just go to Amazon and buy it as soon as I'm done. Um, but it's been really cool to, to explore who we are in all of our weirdness and coolness and uniqueness and, and everything. And human design is certainly a part of that equation. So, you know, I would really encourage everyone here uh, to go to Natalie's site. It, I put the URL in the um, chat box there. And, you know, just take that step just to explore, to find out a little bit more about who you are. And then just like what I did was, now granted, I guess I'm different than some of you, but I just kind of sat with it and just let it just, okay, what does this mean to me? And how can I use this to my benefit? And, you know, what changes do I need to make? Changes can be intimidating, but what I found is when you make the changes into the alignment that you're supposed to be in, that intimidation melts away to like, why haven't I done this years ago? You know, it's like a really big revelation. And uh, so thank you, Natalie, for joining me today and sharing this. And uh, thank you uh, to each one of you who were here today, or perhaps you're listening to the replay of this. Um, thanks for taking the time to to uh, tune in. I really appreciate it. So hope you all enjoy the rest of your week and we will get together again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about something else weird and nerdish. <laughs> so goodbye, everyone. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Bye.